behind every important relationship in your life, there is a greater cosmic story. I'm Dr. Diane Skafta, inviting you to explore the multidimensional bonds that connect you with loved ones in this world and in other domains of reality. Please join me as we enter the wondrous mysteries of love beyond time. Hello and welcome. I would like to begin our first episode with two lines of verse that, for me, capture the spirit of everything we're going to be talking about. They were written in 1901 by the Welsh author and theosophist Kenneth Morris. He said, And within me, deep and deep, universes wake and sleep. What would it be like to be so in touch with the web of all creation that universes wake and sleep within you? Can you touch the vast expanses of your soul when you hear those words? I certainly can. I invite us to hold that sense of infinity as we explore the multidimensional nature of our relationships. Well, something is called multidimensional, as you know, when it has many layers, aspects, or levels. Applied to relationships, the implications, I think, are far-reaching. It is my conviction that our bonds of connection with each other exist on many levels at once, extending far beyond this time and place. As we interact together in this moment, laughing, talking, working, or facing challenges, our greater psyches are interacting in other domains of reality. We may not perceive these domains directly, but their influences soak into our relationship like dyes on a cloth. Love beyond time takes many forms in our lives. Right now, let us begin with one of those forms, and it's an experience that many of us have had. Did you ever feel a strong connection with someone you just met or have recently come to know? Although this person is a new acquaintance, they seem deeply familiar to your soul. Now, the word familiar is perfect because it comes from the Latin familiaris, denoting intimacy or intercircle or family. I like to call someone a familiaris who seems to be a part of my own soul's family. From a rational point of view, it makes no sense that a virtual stranger can feel closer than one's own relatives or friends. Yet, every hour you spend together only increases your sense that you have known each other forever and always will. Can you recall details of your first meeting together? 
Did the energy field around you seem to intensify? Did vivid emotions or mental impressions arise for you? Perhaps you felt that every word and action carried a special significance, even if you couldn't explain why. Some people experience unusual physical responses when they come into the presence of a familiaris. I believe that the body always registers multidimensional connection even if the mind is unaware. So you might have felt that well-known sensation of your heart skipping a beat, or your pulse rate might have accelerated for no good reason. People have also reported to me that their body suddenly feels light or buoyant, their hands get warmer or colder, a sensation of effervescence flows through their veins, or their legs grow a bit weak. It's interesting that we associate these symptoms usually with romantic love or sexual attraction, but they also occur or can occur when we meet a destined friend, mentor, or important influence in our life. They are part of love beyond time. Also, you might have noted unusual phenomena happening around you when you meet a person familiar to your soul. Objects may tumble from the shelves without being touched. Glass may shatter for no reason. Electronic devices go haywire or a brand new car won't start. All of these events have happened to various people that I know. The Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung coined the term synchronicity to describe events that have no causal relationship, but are connected by meaning. We could also call them meaningful coincidences. They point to heightened psychic processes at work. I believe that synchronicities increase when different dimensions of reality come into contact with each other. Sometimes we witness a chain of events so unlikely that we have no doubt something cosmic is happening. I still laugh when I remember my first meeting with a scholar, a person who would later change the course of my life. I will use his real name because he gave me permission to tell our story. And this story is driven by so many meaningful coincidences that for me, it vividly demonstrates the power of soul connections. One cold night at 2 a.m., I heard an alarmed cry ring out from the back room of our house. My husband had been using his drill to repair something, and a sliver of metal had flown into his eye. It was so awful to see that shard projecting from his retina, like some sort of terrible arrow in the target. Frantically, we called the emergency lines of local ophthalmologists until finally we found one who was willing to drag himself from bed at that hour. In my mind's eye, I can still see that good doctor's waiting room. I see the clock hands pointing to 340. 
and the coffee table of magazines in front of me. One publication caught my eye, an older issue of The American Scholar. On the front cover, I saw the name Johann Sebastian Bach. Always a devotee of the great composer, I thought I'd take a look. The article was written by Dr. Otto Bettmann, the picture man and founder of the famous Bettmann Archive. Well, my reading advanced no further than the first two paragraphs. A sensation of something that I can only describe as maybe soft electricity passed through me from head to toe. It's almost as though I was putting my finger on some low-voltage conductor. The words and personal tone of this author seemed so familiar to me that I could have sworn I knew him well. Now, I had never seen any writings by Bettman, and I didn't even know who he was at that time. I had, on the other hand, read nearly everything in print about Bach, but I felt no special rapport with those authors. So how could I explain my intense response? Looking back from the vantage point of time, I can identify factors that did contribute to my unusual experience that night. I entered the office in a stressed and exhausted state of mind. The lights were low, I was close to falling asleep, and my mind was unfocused. These conditions can promote what analytical psychology calls a lowering of the threshold of consciousness or a relaxed mental state. One slips into a drifting, slightly entranced state allowing contents of the unconscious to rise. Shamans and oracle speakers throughout history have intentionally induced the state of mind in order to open up their intuitive channels. Clearly, my threshold of consciousness was very low that night, making me more responsive to psychic impressions. Well, before long, a weary-looking doctor emerged from the treatment room. Don't worry, he said, there will be no permanent damage to the eye. I was so relieved, and I thanked him. And then I asked if I might keep that issue of the journal because it meant a lot to me. He motioned a, a weak yes, not caring at that point, I think, whether I ran off with his whole office. The next day... I did something impulsive. I wrote Dr. Bettman a letter that recounted my whole uncanny experience. I addressed it to the journal itself, not even knowing if he would ever receive it. But at some strange level, I didn't care. I just felt deeply at peace after the deed was done. A few weeks later, I received a small, cream-colored envelope from the great man. I opened it very carefully so not to rip it with great excitement. He thanked me for my favorable response to his article and for writing him. That was all. Oh, feeling embarrassed about disclosing much too much to a stranger, I vowed to end the matter right there. And yet, that same afternoon... 
I watched my hand write a letter of thanks for his letter of thanks. Somehow I felt impelled to keep our connection going. This time, I was rewarded with a long, friendly reply. And after that, we began exchanging notes much more often. Mostly they were about Bach, but soon about pictures, history, and many wonderful topics. To my surprise, I learned that Dr. Bettman lived in a South Florida town located only an hour from my parents' home. So we arranged to meet the next time I visited. Finally, the great day arrived. (laughs) And that's when the trouble began. A massive tropical storm rolled in that morning, flooding the highways and turning my windshield into a shower curtain. Unable to see ahead, I missed the exit I was supposed to take and got hopelessly lost. When I finally dragged my wet, befrazzled self into the restaurant an hour late, I saw the old scholar smiling at me unperturbed. He looked amazingly fresh and vital for being 85 years old. I stammered heartfelt apologies and sat down. Now at least we could talk in peace. Or so I thought. It's such a pleasure to meet you at last, Dr. Bettman, I said, gesturing warmly in his direction. (laughs) But my wrist hit the glass of water in front of me and sent it flying into his lap. Oh, think nothing of it, he assured me in his rich voice. I do such things all the time. Well, the waitress rushed over with towels and another glass of water. But the glass in her hand tipped itself over somehow and spilled its entire contents down my blouse. Now my drenching was complete and I I could only burst out laughing. Otto, he said to call him Otto, joined me in merriment until the unthinkable happened. We heard a cracking sound above and then felt a waterfall deluge our head. A portion of the roof had given way, dumping accumulated rainwater on our table. No one else in the restaurant was touched. I finally realized what was happening. Our reunion was a big deal. It had generated a force field that seemed to affect everything around. As soon as I got this insight, I wanted to say something to honor the moment but no words came. Then I recalled a legend. Whether accurately or not, I do not know, but it fit the occasion. In India, I told Otto, they say that when two people of destiny meet, the heavens open up and release their blessings. Judging by today, our destinies must be very strong. Yes, he nodded wisely and then added with a twinkle. And if they get any stronger, this whole restaurant's going to wash away. As the years passed, I saw just how powerful that destiny proved to be. Otto and I enjoyed a rich and beautiful friendship until he passed away nearly a decade later. 
I was able to accompany him to Leipzig, Germany, his town of birth, and we worked on many projects together. With his personal and financial support, I was able to complete my doctorate degree, write my first book, and obtain my first teaching position in California. I still have that copy of The American Scholar, and if ever I should doubt the reality of love beyond time, I have only to touch its cover. Experiences like these, and I suspect you've had your own, inspire us to think about the mysterious connections that draw us together and help chart our course. I say mysterious because they cannot be accounted for by factors such as similar backgrounds, compatible personalities, or common interests. Those qualities alone are not enough to forge a deep bond. In fact, just to prove the point, I'll bet you've had the same experience that I have where friends will say, hey, you got to meet so-and-so. You two have so much in common that it's crazy. We've been just waiting months to get you two in the same room together. Well, this is exciting. So you finally meet that person and you have great expectations. But after five or ten minutes of talking, the light just kind of dies. There is no psychic spark between you. You may both be awesome. You may both have a lot in common, but without the living spark of connection, nothing important can be kindled. I am convinced that the living spark between two people is generated by their unseen multidimensional bond. It's like two souls who are already sharing their lives in other domains now make contact in this special time and place. A circuit is completed and the effect is electric. It makes sense to me that our hearts skip a beat, that our minds fall into a kind of enchantment, and that heaven can downpour its blessings upon our head. I hope that the portals we have opened today offer you a more spacious view of love and relationships. Perhaps you are now able to identify signs of an important soul connection more clearly. They include, as we have seen, feeling like you have always known someone, having unusual physical or emotional reactions in their presence, witnessing unexplained events happen around you, and feeling a strong sense of destiny or purpose in your connection. But most of all, I hope that our work has inspired you to trust even more deeply the sublime intentions of your own soul. Remember that it guides you into relationships at the right time for the right reasons. And please be assured 
that each person who is a familiaris will come to you. Even if you don't see them now, they are on their way. Multidimensional forces are stronger than any worldly barriers. In our next episode, I will offer ways of tuning into other lifetimes that you and a loved one may have shared. These connections influence who you are with each other today and who you may become in the future. Getting to know the stories behind your story will elevate your relationships and align you with the miracle of who you truly are. Thank you for listening to the series. I welcome hearing your thoughts, feedback, or suggestions on how these episodes might further enhance our work. I would also cherish hearing about your own inspiring multidimensional experiences. Please send your email to podcast at lovebeyondtime.org. Again, that's podcast at lovebeyondtime.org. I send my blessings and my cosmic good wishes to every dimension of your relationships.